Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis and AOPA's Tom Haynes rounding out the crew today. Ed and Keith uh, on hiatus. Actually, uh, Keith is in... Let's see. Keith is in Alaska, and uh, Ed has been banned to uh, Cincinnati. <laughs> so he, he lost the bet or something, and we'll get the whole rundown uh, next week on the big show. However, I am back after traveling out to the left coast and taking a, a jaunt out to Catalina Island. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But first, you know, we, I, I got to r- bring this up to the crew and the world because I'm excited. You know, uh, the Bachelorette debuted this past monday night and of course i am forced to watch this by my wife and and daughter uh just to be clear and get, uh, get that out yeah, uh, you know you could go into a different room no 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 that right. uh, you know i don't want to be antisocial. but lo and behold we're watching the bachelorette and two are the bachelors that are uh, vying for the love of this uh this this gal are our two pilots so how did you know they were pilots? They said so when they did yep, their interview. see? <laughs> there you go. What? What? They, how, do you, how do you know when someone's a pilot? Don't worry. They'll tell you. Well, right. Okay, <laughs> good point. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, just wait. They'll tell you. Yeah. It was great. The first guy came on, and he goes, hey, I'm a pilot. And I'm like, oh, okay, there we go. I'm, he's going to get my vote. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal. I'm a pilot. And he gets down. He sits down, you know, in the, in the bachelorette pad. And then, lo and behold, the next guy comes in in uh, uniform, <laughs> and he was a pilot too. He's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and sure enough, the first guy, first pilot, got sent home. <laughs> so she could only deal with one pilot at a time. But I, I think this, the uh, pilot that held on to his position as uh, one of the uh, uh, remaining, you know, bachelorette guys or whatever you want to call them, uh, you know, they, I, I think he's in it for the long haul. I think he actually has a shot because they showed the preview coming up in the, you know, upcoming week. So who knows? We might have a pilot that uh, gets hitched on the Bachelorette. Are you guys excited? Are you going to start watching the show like religiously now or what? No. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> I had to throw it out there. You know. Uh, but you they're know, lying. You know, you know. There, there's a lot of pilots who are single, mm-hmm. and for a reason. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> good point. This guy, you know what? He he uh, had a pretty good attitude about him. Okay. And, uh, you know, the the first guy who got sent home, he did make a little comment. He goes, you know, uh, I'm kind of, I'm a pilot and, you know, chicks dig it. And, you know, I was like, oh, oh boy. You know, that was he said the wrong thing right out of the box. Yeah, and, that's that's fatal. Yeah. But the other one, uh, I don't know. He came, he wore the uniform thing. She was impressed, you know, the whole thing. So we'll see where that goes. So even though they say they won't be watching The Bachelorette, we know that's a lie. And all the pilots out there can do as I do and blame it on your wife and daughter. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in all honesty, though, any publicity that it comes to being a pilot and uh, that kind of thing, I think is good. I, I like seeing that on uh, TV shows like that. Are you with me on this, Tom, or could you really care less? 
No, I think that that is good as long as as long as they're you know they represent the community well. Yes, um, good point. Right, and uh, no, that's great. We we'd love to see more publicity about particularly general aviation flying on our part, uh, and get get people in mainstream media to pay more attention to it and to uh, let people know what it's like. Because I don't know if you saw the New York Times article this week uh, after the Ala- accidents in Alaska, the midair collision, which was kind of a bummer, it was very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, the New York Times was not very kind to general aviation in an article this week, uh, basically saying that uh, those little airplanes are unsafe and right. all that sort of thing. Despite Fake the fact, news! Despite the fact that the pilots who are flying it were commercial pilots. They, they, they called them private pilots or something like that. Well, mm-hmm. they have commercial certificates, and just like the ones uh, that, that the airlines have. Well, not quite like the ones the airlines have. Yeah. Well, you know, there's these uh, stereotypes the mainstream media has or, or yeah. people that don't fly think pilots are, you know, above everyone else. And they are literally. But, uh, you know, they're, they're good people. I mean, that's why we like doing Just Plain Radio. It's such a good community. And, uh, yeah, you don't want to see uh, people represented poorly in the mainstream media, but more pilots to get out there. I think this guy is going to represent pretty well. He held good. up pretty good on The Bachelorette. So, like I said, we'll see how, uh, you know, we'll find out if he cries <laughs> at any point during the season, <laughs> which, you know, would only just make him that much more sensitive and, uh-huh. and might win over more people to our, uh, you know, activity of flying airplanes. Who knows? But, yeah, yeah. more the merrier, I, I say, and I, it sounds like you agree. All right, so there you go. You got a little uh, update on The Bachelorette, whether you wanted it or not. But now that if you're into, uh, you know, aviation, you know, we, we got an ally uh, on the, on that TV show. All right, yeah. uh, the other thing coming up uh, is this big D-Day event. Well, I don't know. Let, let's back up because we got to talk about that. That's coming up in a couple weeks. But just this past weekend, you guys had another major fly-in, which was pretty cool. Kind of set the groundwork for the D-Day fly-in or fly or over right. or what? What is that thing called coming up here in June? What are we calling? We got the it's the seventy fifth anniversary of D-Day, which was the invasion of Norman right. or, or invasion Normandy. of Europe, which is the basically is considered the beginning of the end of the war because it was only a little more than a year later that uh, the war. Actually, it was a little less than a year later that the Germans surrendered. Well, there you go. And they're going to recreate some of the the flying of these airplanes. And you had some of them at the AOPA fly-in this past weekend. Is that right? We did. It was a a really remarkable turnout of – we had five DC-3s and C-47s here at Frederick. And we did a a memorial flight down over Washington, D.C. and Arlington Cemetery and the Pentagon, which that alone uh, is kind of – cool when you consider the airspace restrictions that's well inside the flight restricted zone which we normally can't fly in at all mm-hmm. uh without a without a uh, personal identification number but um anyhow uh great great trip for there and then we had uh the dc3s do a flyover of, of frederick and and dropped parachutes the liberty parachute team was here and they uh, were using round parachutes like they used during world war ii they were all dressed up in world war ii era uniforms and uh, they did uh, a jump over frederick and so it was really fun we had a whole bunch of public out here so you talk about getting people engaged in aviation this was a great way to bring the public out to the airport to see these remarkable airplanes they're 75 and 80 years old and uh, they're still flying and they're getting ready and they actually left from here to go up to new york where they uh, are doing about a week's worth of training before and joining some other airplanes there'll be a total of about 15 going from uh, North America, uh, over the North Atlantic on what's called the Blue Spruce Route, which is the same route they used during World War II to get to Europe. And so they'll be heading over there in a couple of weeks. 
and they'll all kind of converge on Duxford, England for a few days, uh, air show over there, that sort of thing. And then they do the uh, Atlanta air crossing of the English Channel over to Normandy, France, and the same route that uh, I think it was like 800 and some of these airplanes uh, crossed the channel on, on June, early June 6th. Um, and 1944, and began the invasion of Europe and uh, trying to end World War II, and they had all these parachute drops behind enemy lines. If you've seen the movie The Longest Day, which I watched over the weekend again for the umpteenth time, uh, it's it's really fascinating how that day sort of rewrote history. It's yeah. Pretty, pretty amazing. I was going to watch it, but my wife made me watch The Bachelorette instead, <laughs> so... I got some uh, viewing yeah. to do this weekend, but uh, yeah. but you know it, that it's going to be a major event uh, that will be all over the mainstream media as well mm-hmm. as uh, aviation enthusiasts uh, checking this out and stuff as well. But I, I do wonder: is anybody like videotaping people that have no idea what the hell's going on? Are, are there, I haven't even checked uh, YouTube to find out if there's people that have posted videos. Holy crap! I'm stuck in a time warp uh, back in 1944. There's planes from the past flying over me, and they're parachuting down. You know that that freak people out like that. Is it almost like a UFO sighting? You know what I'm saying? I do. Well, we did have to send media alerts to all the major media outlets around Washington D.C. Uh, to alert them mm-hmm. that that these uh, five airplanes plus a T6 photo ship. Uh, we're going to be flying over Washington, D.C., so they didn't think it was some sort of an invasion of, of World War II-era airplanes somehow taking over the nation's capital. That would be cool, though. You put I, I say you put out a press release like, hey, a uh, sighting of a black hole has been sighting, <laughs> sighted in the airspace over the <laughs> United States, and, and then have this thing happen, just freak a bunch of people out. It'd be like yeah. War of the Worlds. You know, it, it's just me, I guess. Yeah, the 911 uh, folks don't tend to have a sense of humor about such things. Probably not. But boy, would that make a great video just to see their faces. But you know what? Just the fact that uh, even if you're aware of it, I, I would imagine you'll see that awe on a lot of people's faces when this uh, event takes place. And and you saw a little bit of that, I guess, last week uh, there in Fredericksburg as well from, from people that were there at the fly-in, right? Yeah, Frederick, here at Frederick, it was amazing. We had, after the airplane, the DC-3s landed after they did the uh, low passes and dropped the parachutes. Um, just within a minute or two, we had the fences down as soon as the propeller stopped and people just, you know, flowed out onto the uh, taxiway where they were parked and the pilots were so cool. They just so welcoming to people come in, you know, tell the stories behind their airplanes and, uh, let them get up close and touch these, uh, these you know, antique airplanes that are still yeah. flying. Pieces of history. There you yeah. go. Hey, we got more coming up on Just Plane Radio with Tom Haynes from Mayo PA. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. 
Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. with Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Hi. It's very nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. So I was like goofing around today in the hotel. Uh-huh. And I made you a paper really? airplane. Yeah. So gives you a little insight to what I do. Takeoff is my favorite part of my job. Okay. And our relationship's about to take off. Oh, I so. love that. I'm a commercial airline pilot. And women like a man in uniform. <laughs> you know, I try to work that to my benefit. Okay. I only care about me. I don't give a oh. if I bring your kid back. Go to or go three. Cause I'm a pilot. And I never make mistakes. I'll take the credit if it ain't broken. I'll blame you if it breaks. I don't think that's a very good representation of pilots. Uh, at least the ones I know. However, this is Just Plane Radio. I am Gregor Copilot, Captain Dennis with me, and from AOPA, we have Tom Haynes. Uh, that little clip you heard there from The Bachelorette, well, that was the pilot that went home. Uh, all right, good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they didn't have the music, though, so I just kind of uh, added that yeah, to it. Yeah, That yeah. was a nice addition, yeah. Well, I apologize. Uh, anyway... You know, last weekend, uh, you had the fly-in there. You had some of the planes that are going to participate in the 75-year uh, uh, anniversary of the uh, Normandy and, and well, Normandy invasion or mm-hmm. uh, flyover or whatever. I, I, that's what I'm trying to – we're just calling this the 75th anniversary that they're going to recreate for everybody uh, there in uh, beginning of June, right? Yep. Something like that's, that. I'm, I'm looking for the – 
Okay, anniversary of D-Day. I'm, I'm looking for like an official kind of title thing. And I there guess you go. just uh, that would work uh, just as well, anniversary of D-Day. So it's going to be a big deal. It'll be on all the national news and everything when they uh, do this because it's going to be quite a few airplanes. Now, you had a few there at uh, the fly-in. Right. And overall, they expect to have how many? Well, I'm hearing like a, a ton of them. But uh, do we know? Do we got a number or will we not know until this thing actually takes place, Tom? What do you think? Well, we won't know exactly because, you know, again, these are like 75 and 80-year-old airplanes. Some mm-hmm. of them are probably going to have a few issues uh, getting there. But there will be about 15 going across from the United States, well, North America. And there's another five or so, I'm told, from Europe and Australia joining uh, up in England where they'll all make the crossing together. So let, let's call it 20-ish okay. uh, of, of these uh, C-47s, DC-3s. Um, headed over across the English Channel. There you go. Yeah, and maybe there'll be some hanger-ons, too. It'll be like a convoy, won't it? Won't they lead the way, and then a bunch of other GA pilots might follow follow them along, or will they not allow that, you think? No, I'm thinking the French authorities are not going to allow that. They're it's not pretty sterile airspace. Yeah. Okay, well, well, we'll have to wait and see how it goes. Now, uh, some of the planes that are on display last weekend, I mean, Dennis has been following this guy on YouTube. What's his name? The Plane Saver? Is that what, it's Dennis? It's Plane Savers, yeah. Mikey McBride, you might remember him from Ice Pilots. Uh Back a few years ago on Discovery and Weather Channel, right, um, they, yeah. they yeah they fly the old World War II cargo planes up in Yellowknife and Red Deer, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they uh, they wound up purchasing a C forty seven that's been uh, used as a, uh, a university maintenance training thing. You know, it's just been sitting abandoned on a ramp for twenty five years, and they're restoring it right now to get it ready to, to fly on D Day. That's their goal, and they want to get that airplane flying and take it on tour around the country. Uh, and probably bring it to Oshkosh this year. So if you have a chance, go out to YouTube and look up Plane Savers and uh, check it out. It's a lot of fun, a lot of interest. Uh, they're bringing in a lot of the other projects, other uh, aircraft like Miss Montana out of Missoula. Uh, she's actually getting ready to fly over to Normandy. So they've been chronicling the re- restoration on that airplane as well. Yeah, that one was done in record time. We were out there in, I think it was August of last year, for one of our flyings at Missoula. And Miss Montana was there, although they they actually named her at the show, uh, at our show. They unveiled the name because it had had been an airplane been used in firefighting, uh, jumpers for firefighting for a few decades, but had sat and languished, uh, well, in their their kind of museum, tucked in a hangar sort of thing, hadn't flown in a long time. So uh, in less than a year, they have really turned that thing around. They've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars and have uh, sunk it into that airplane to get it ready for this Normandy uh, event. And so it's pretty remarkable what they've done there with Miss Montana. Yeah, I do wonder, you know, the pilots that are going to take these planes across the uh, pond, so to speak, uh, if they're going to be a little bit more nervous than normal. You know what I mean? I would think. Yeah, that's a lot of water travel, isn't it? Yeah, some very cold water, too. There are even maybe icebergs in there, as, yeah. as the folks from the Titanic would tell you. Yeah. But i got to think they, their job's going to be a lot easier than it was for those World War II-era pilots, because think about it, you know, the, the navigation tools and things that we have available right. to us now that they did not have back then. You know, yep, good point. Well, uh, there's yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, getting lost is a little harder to do these days. Mm-hmm. Well, we will see. It'll be a, a fun thing uh, to look forward to here. And, and then, uh, you know, so we have that. Uh, beginning of June, end of June you, uh, the, is the next fly-in. Is that right for AOPA? Yeah, we'll be uh, in Livermore, California, Ju- June 21st, 22nd with another fly-in. This one will uh, – un- the DDA airplanes won't be there because they'll be over in Europe. But uh, we'll have uh, a short takeoff and landing contest, which we also had in Frederick. But we'll have a whole team of 
airplanes uh, coming in over a uh, sort of artificial obstacle, one of those inflatable pylons, and uh, demonstrating in front of the crowds uh, how short they can land and how short they can take off. That's always fun and entertaining. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Have you ever uh, participated in one of those yourself there, Tom? Aren't you tempted to do that? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, is yes, that I, limited to like these, uh, you know, these cubs that are, or, or those type of aircraft that are really good at those short field takeoffs and landings or, or is this open to any kind of, you know, airplane or what? Well, in our case, it's an invitational. So we're sort of inviting some of the best pilots out to, to participate, one, to have experience in these kind of things. Uh, but it doesn't have to be like super cubs. I mean, there are uh, larger airplanes, Cessna 170s, 180, 185s, but also things like caravans, uh, Kodiak uh, Quest, or Quest Kodiak, hmm. and uh, even the Pilatus PC-12. We did one of these uh, last year at one of our fly-ins, and we had a, a Pilatus, which is a big single-engine turboprop, about a 12-passenger airplane. Uh, uh, doing it. So it's just a matter of uh, pilot technique, and the airplane got, has to have a pretty s- uh, sturdy landing gear to absorb some of those impacts. Yeah. But uh, they're dropping them you, like a rock, huh? Well, you, uh, you shouldn't be dropping them like a rock, but you're, you're, <laughs> you're planting them on there pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to, how, to, what, are, what distances are we talking about on landings? Are we talking like less than 100 feet or something crazy like that into the uh, wind or what? Yeah. Some of the smaller airplanes, they're landing in, in 100 feet or so. It's pretty remarkable to see them stop like that. Yeah. Uh, bigger ones are going to take more than that. But when you consider how much runway they normally take for a typical landing and how short they can land uh, when they're configured properly and flown flown really well, it's it's amazing what they can do, actually. And, you know, the, <clears throat> the neat thing about these is these are techniques that you can use every day on all of your landings. You, you can pick a spot and put the airplane on it. And, and so that's what's kind of neat about short takeoff and landing competitions or invitationals is that you're, you're witnessing things that you in any airplane can go out and do. Maybe not quite so dramatically, but you can practice your, your short takeoff and landing skills on every flight and and so when you find yourself maybe in an emergency situation having to land in a field you'll be really good at uh, at landing short and understanding the energy uh, situation with the airplane and and all that so it's it's good practice yeah good practice to watch <laughs> I, I don't i don't think i would uh, perform very well let alone uh with everyone watching me you know what i mean uh, i do yeah that applies to a lot of activities i do but that's just me maybe i don't know <laughs> we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I've been up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm going to fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're going to fly high without fear, you're going to have to learn to love the atmosphere. And you got to learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. And from AOPA, for the next couple minutes, we still have Tom Haynes. And, uh, Tom, uh, you know, there's been a lot of stuff you guys have been doing with these fly-ins, preparing for D-Day, uh, the D-Day anniversary, the next fly-in in June. But there's also some kind of scholarship thing we need to mention as well, right? Actually, we announced the, the program at the beginning of the year. It's a million dollars worth of scholarships uh, that were given away this year, so there'll be 
80 $10,000 scholarships and 20 $10,000 scholarships, 80 for students, high school students, 20 for teachers, just uh, through the generosity of the Ray Foundation, which is giving us the money for this program. We're trying to get kids engaged in aviation and also help teachers become pilots and better understand aviation, particularly so that they're better at teaching the high school curriculum that AOPA has developed for grades 9 through 12. And um, so that's that's really good. We possibly have another set of scholarships that uh, we'll be awarding uh, for for non traditional students, if you will, uh, ones who are getting maybe advanced ratings and for for adults. Um, but uh, yeah, that expire or that closed uh, a, a few weeks ago at the end of April, I believe it was, and we'll be awarding them by the end of May, so that the students will have all summer have money access to these funds all summer long to hopefully go out maybe solo, maybe get all the way through a private pilot certificate uh, in the coming months. Yeah, and just for the record, I didn't make the cut. Um, I, I was disqualified just because I'm who I am, I guess. But that's okay. I still like you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, we, big news this week, and I'm sure you've been covering it on AOPA Live. Check it out, aopalive.org. But the uh, the ADSB uh, rebates are done. Finite, uh, if you didn't get your... Uh, Application in, you're out of luck, right, on that 500 buck rebate? Is that deal from the FAA? Yeah, we uh, it, it finally ran out of money. The, the plan was, I think it was $10, 10 million bucks they put out a couple of years ago for the ADSB rebate program, that uh, 500 bucks a piece, and it's uh, finally all been used up as people are, are equipping their airplanes before the uh, January 1, 2020 deadline. So hopefully you got in there and took advantage of that. If not, well, get a loan. And you'll there be you fine go. for uh, 2020. All right. Thanks, Tom. Always a pleasure. We'll catch up again soon, my friend. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's good talking with you. You got it. And we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Any of you boys need an aircraft carrier around here? This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis rounding out the crew right now as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. And uh, Dennis has, um, well, I don't know, this came from the FAA, right? It was a, it wasn't a notum, but just a what a press release or something, or oh, what was it? Was it? A, it was an aeromedical advisory. Oh, okay, all right, we'll go with that medical because yeah. it was uh, addressing the use of what chemical. Cannabis oil. Oh. Um, you know, that's the latest uh, trendy thing that you see being sold at every corner shop to cure every little, uh, whether you got arthritis or can't sleep, CBD oil is going to cure your problems. Man, that happens to be uh, uh, residual oil from weed, it, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It is manu- it's made from the cannabis plant. Okay. Now- they, there's the manufacturers of this are are claiming it's you know free of THC, which is the active ingredient in marijuana. Mm-hmm. However, um, according to the FAA, uh, it does contain levels high enough to cause a, a positive drug test. 
So hmm. as a pilot, obviously you're not allowed to be using these types of things. And if you were to fail a drug test, they said use of CBD oil is not accepted as a defense against a positive drug test. Okay. So wait, so, just so I'm clear, the manufacturers are saying there's no THC in it, but in the drug test, they pick up whatever residual elements of marijuana in this oil there is. Is that yeah, what you're so saying? They're okay. saying that the, the most CDB products have less than three-tenths of a percent, but that's still enough to trigger a positive test if uh-huh. you're testing for marijuana. So, yeah, uh, you know, keep that in mind when you're you know taking over-the-counter medications and things like that as a pilot, that you need to be aware of it. I mean, uh, for years we've been talking about uh, things like antihistamines, and, you know, we're into the uh, pollen season now, so I'm sure a lot of people are going to be taking cold remedies and allergy pills and things like that. and you have to keep in mind that those do have an effect on pilots that can cause you to be drowsy or sleepy and you know maybe you're being warned not to operate heavy equipment well i would consider an airplane heavy equipment right true yeah and they won't accept the excuse at the faa like oh man hey dude it's like oil man no i was smoking get- weed i just had uh, cbd oil for my for my arthritis yeah hey. Uh, are those Cheetos in your hands, man? Can I have some of those Cheetos, dude? Uh, no? Okay. Yeah, so it, it, it's probably just a good idea if you're a pilot just to avoid that stuff, uh, whether it's homeopathic or not, you know, which is it, how they It may be natural, but it's not acceptable. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, 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 you don't need it. You don't need it anyway. All that, I, you know, I don't know what to think of that, all that stuff. I'm not a big fan of it myself. I, you know, uh, if you want to do it, that's, o- that's okay. But yeah, it doesn't make sense to mix that with flying airplanes or driving vehicles or anything else for that matter. So no, it's uh, not the risk, you know, the risk to your certificate. Do you really want that on your record? Uh, I don't think it's worth it. Right. And, you know, all it is going to do is give you the munchies. Chances are, I, I just, from my little experience I have with it. So there you go. All right, so that's one thing to avoid. Uh, there are other things to search out, however, and you stumbled across another article from our buddy. What's his name again? Uh, Trevor up at uh, In-Flight Pilot Training here in Minneapolis. Okay, so he and has come up with a list of seven places or something that you can that we should fly to or fly over or what? Exactly. Seven natural wonders you can fly over is ah. how he titled this. and. You know, as pilots, we're always looking for the next place to go fly, right? Right. Whether, hey. whether it's going flying with hammerheads and bimini or heading you know, to an air show or just you don't going need to any oil. You don't need any oil to get high. Just fly your airplane over to there some There you go. Cool I like places. the way you're thinking, Greg. Right. So the list is, let's run, let's run through them. So Yellowstone in Wyoming. Of course. Think about it. You can fly over the glaciers. Uh, you can fly over uh, Old uh, Old Faithful Geyser, mm-hmm. uh, Grand Prismatic well, Spring. Wait, wait, wait. You fly over Old, you know, Old Faithful at a certain altitude, though, right? Right. Yeah. Well, unless you need the airplane belly cleaned. Good point. Case, if you time it right, get a little uh, plane wash in there. Why not? Yeah, I don't know. That, that doesn't. You, you can't fly that low to the ground anyway. But that would be kind of cool. Yeah, it would be kind of neat. I mean, imagine the scenery, you know, just it flying over neat. the mountains like that. And Well, yeah, be, that would, you would have an awesome angle uh, to go watch Old Faithful uh, from the sky. That would be a pretty uh, impressive sight, I would imagine. Like you said, with all the other canyons and and uh, and stuff there they have in Yellowstone and, and the wildlife, for that matter. You yeah, know? you wouldn't have to worry about being attacked by the black bears and grizzlies because, well, you 
unless you have to set the airplane down somewhere. True, true. Now, did uh, Catalina Island make the list? Uh, let's go down and find out. Um, I don't recall. No, nope, I actually doubt it. didn't. You know, you know I uh, took a tour when I was in uh, Catalina last week uh, on a Hummer up into the mountains of Catalina Island. And uh, very picturesque. I mean, because we got right on the top of the ridge the of uh, Catalina Island there off the coast of California. And it just beautiful. But I was thinking, oh, my gosh, if I was up in an airplane right now, this would be incredible. Uh, now, I more mean, important, the, did you get a chance to look at the new runway? Because that just opened like a week ago while you were out there. I did not. We didn't get that far over in the Hummer, which gives me another reason to uh, head back in an airplane. But very picturesque. And, and I, I was guessing it probably didn't make the list, but it should be on there. I would definitely recommend it. And I didn't hear, uh, I heard that the airport had just opened, and I thought we were going to get a view of it when I was up there taking this tour, but we didn't get that far over where you could see the runway, unfortunately. Uh, but I have not heard if they they took out the bump or not. So I, I, have, you, have you heard it one way or another or not? I haven't heard anything about the bump in the middle, but I did hear some some uh, comments, though, over the, the weekend here from some of the early pilots to go out there that uh, they are now reserving the pavement for jets and turboprops. And so if you're coming in in your piston airplane, you have to park in the grass and dirt in between the runway and the uh, the ramp. Mm-hmm. So that's... Uh, that's not uh, sitting too well with some pilots right now, so we'll have to see if they're going to change their policies. Uh, but they're, I think they're expecting that they're going to have a lot more um, high-dollar visitors coming out to the island and want to make the uh, ramp space available for those heavier aircraft. Well, maybe. But, you know, the way the uh, land is over there, it's kind of rocky and sandy. I wouldn't think it would be any big deal to park in the grass or the dirt or anywhere over there. But who knows? I haven't but you seen don't, it. But you don't own the airplane. In, I don't. Uh, with, the, with the Mooney, which has very low clearance to begin with, uh, anytime I'm taxing off-road, I get nervous. You know, yeah. One good gopher hole and I'm buying a propeller at the minimum and an engine teardown. Well, it'd uh, be, worst uh, case. you'd want to you'd want to avoid the buffalo chips. Yes. I got the buffalo. I did see a buffalo up there, by the way. It was a big boy. Been Two, cleaning oil off the bellies of pound buffalo up there on the mountains of uh catalina anyway all right so i did make the top seven list of places to fly over but uh yosemite national park did or yellowstone i'm sorry yeah sorry. yellowstone and uh yep. wh- what else uh let's next one on. was acadia national park in maine uh okay. the tide tide splash coastline uh so you could fly along that head over to cadillac mountain the tallest peak on the atlantic seaboard mm-hmm. uh, so that'd be kind of neat to just go along the east coast yeah, you know, um, and that is a cool angle. I will tell you, you know, I go back to Catalina, because when we were at the top of Catalina, sure enough, one of the airplanes came in, and we were higher than them, because it was coming into the airport. And that's a neat angle to see airplanes flying under you. You hear what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, that, that would be that would be the only advantage of the Hummer over the airplane, but, uh, but yeah, that would potentially happen to the people uh, i mean i guess the view would kind of look interesting to the to the pilot as well when you see people higher than you when you're having to look up yeah and same thing would happen in arcadia national park right if you're flying under that peak exactly yeah okay yeah. well that sounds interesting all right we'll put that well, on here, the list here's one that you and i have actually knocked off the list yeah Where? we did this one together everglades national park in florida well you, you have to if you fly into south florida pretty much Pretty much, because as soon as you get beyond what is the Sawgrass uh, Parkway there, Sawgrass mm-hmm. Expressway, that's all Everglades. And true. That's well, if you're we, flying into you know Miami International, that, that's pretty much yeah. the path you have to go over 
you know, Everglades National Park at some point down there by Homestead. They kind of bring in all the airplanes. And it, it looks really cool. It does not look like the place where you want to have to put down if you had to, though. Nope. Uh, and you're, you're looking out the window the whole time going, hmm, if I have to land, where where am I going to go out here? It's going to be just, a water landing. Much. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you wouldn't want to be stuck out there in, in Everglades if you had to put it down. But it does look awesome because the different hues of green and uh, and uh, turquoise water there uh, is pretty cool. It is yeah. a very cool-looking area for sure. So he it, just says definitely picturesque. scenic is what he says. So that's three of them. So we got four yeah. more. He did a top seven. He loves the number seven instead of ten. Or maybe he just doesn't. He, he cut out the fat, I think. Is yeah, he maybe he just didn't want to do the extra work. Oh, keep it short could be that. He, I mean, hey, let's face it. He's a pilot, right? Exactly. So, so we will navigate through those next as uh, we look at some more cool places to fly over on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Talk about soaring like a bird. What? Because we're as high as a bird, we're going twice as fast. Do me a favor, take the controls for a second, will you? I'm just 
messing with you, kid. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You're a funny guy. You got it. When I go around and suck the This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis. We are navigating the latest aviation news and information. And this giving you some cool places to fly over right now. We've got uh, the top seven according to Trevor. And, uh, and and Trevor has been doing this for some time. Do we got a website for him? we got to give him a proper plug, I guess, don't we, Dennis? Yeah, it's, it's inflightpilottraining.com. There you go. Yeah, he's a nice guy, and he comes up with these interesting lists from his, his experiences flying. Uh, Yellowstone National Park, Acadia National Park are the first two. We got four or five more, if I do my yep. correct. Well, you forgot Everglades. Or Everglades, That's right. Three. That's right. We did three. We did the first three. So we got four more to go through. So uh, what's number four? Well, well, this one's the obvious one. Grand Canyon. Everybody needs to fly over that at least once, right? Right. Whether it's in a commercial airliner or, you know, taking a tour or flying your own plane. Obviously, taking our own plane over there would be a lot more fun, a little more intimate. Let's do it. Let's, Let's knock that one out. Yeah, take your Mooney down there, and and, and then we got to land in the uh, Grand Canyon. Well, that might be a little bit more of a problem. Yeah, they they do. Uh, they, frown they frown on, on that, that. I believe you have to have a yeah. special permit and get one of those tourist uh, airplanes to take you in. But uh, well, you know, still it could be fun. It would be, and, and it's really easy to do that from Vegas. By the way, if you don't fly your own airplane, I mean they got tons of tour operators that. Uh, have flights into the Grand Canyon hey, from and, Vegas. And I bet you can even get a free trip over there if you uh, sign up for a timeshare. Yes. Trust me, you can. <laughs> I know this from experience. But that's the a whole other story. You can, uh, you can cancel the deal the next morning, right, Greg? Yeah. Yeah, that, that is true. You have, uh, I think you have five full days to make, <laughs> to, to wise up. But that's a whole other thing. So uh, go to the Grand Canyon regardless. Fly over it some way or another. And uh, you'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised by what you see, you see, at least according to Trevor. It's definitely on my list. I haven't done it yet, but uh, I'm going to do it uh, sometime. All right, number, uh, well, five, right? Number five is actually very near and dear to me. Um, but technically, is it flying over? Um, he's calling out going for a flight and seeing the northern lights. And northern so if you lights. go up in northeast Minnesota, you know, up uh, Ely, uh, Grand Marais, you know, anywhere up on the North Shore or the northern part of the state, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty easy to see the northern lights. And so you could go out on a night flight and be treated to quite a quite a light show. Really? Up there where you are, you can do oh, that? Well, north of me. How um, far north, though, of Minnesota? Like our, our, Well, it, by, by car, it's about 200 miles. Okay. All right. But in the airplane, it's a little over an hour flight, and you'd be up into, uh, you know, well, Captain Willard. Keith is on a like an Alaska cruise right now. So one of the things that they uh, take you up there, up into Glacier Bay and all those places, you supposedly see them there at night, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely would see that up in Alaska and Canada. So we'll have to see if he uh, thinks that's worth uh, flying around. Would there be any restrictions if you were flying around? I mean, just flying around the Northern Lights would be pretty spectacular on a night flight. Oh, my gosh, that would be remarkable. But no, there shouldn't be any restrictions. I mean, the northern lights are happening in the outer atmosphere. It's yeah. not like right down on top of you. Right. You get to see it. It's you know very clear, and you're up above the trees, so there's nothing blocking your view, and you can see from horizon to horizon. But it's kind of greenish, and it looks kind of creepy in a way. You know, I don't know. I think it would be awesome. 
So I'm with them on that as well. Whether you, I don't know where you go, but someplace where you can see the northern lights definitely would be a, a fun flight. All right, number, uh, well, six. What do we got? Number six. Um, this is another one that's pretty obvious um, and also up north, but uh, in New York at Niagara Falls. Of course. Oh, that would be go- That'd be pretty awesome. That would be cool, you know, and uh, just make sure you be aware that you are crossing an international border. And so make sure you land in the right country when you're done. True. Uh, that would be another place where you get like a belly wash or if you did it just. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> if they'd allow you to do this, that would be pr- a pretty cool uh, flight. But I would imagine the uh, the up and down drafts would be pretty dramatic in that uh, waterfall area. Am I right? Well, and, yeah. And I, I'm betting that they probably have some sort of restrictions about how low you can fly and how yeah. close you can get around that. They probably don't want you coming, you know, 50 feet off the falls. and Probably probably not but hell you know people are going off the falls and barrels and crap so who knows small enough end numbers who's gonna know right? those crazy canucks they may not care i don't know i'm just saying uh but anyway god bless them and, and that that would be a cool uh scenic flight for sure um you know just any waterway like that you know being able to fly over and get that view that that perspective, I would imagine. And, and would then from there, you head over to Buffalo and go get yourself some real wings, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Oh, okay. All right. So the uh, the seventh, or I don't know if this is the best place to fly over or not. I don't know which order we've been going in, according yeah, to Trevor. I think it's just random. I think he just threw them out there. He because, doesn't rate uh, them. He just lists no. them. All right. So the seventh place is where? Well, he uh, he called out specifically Hubbard Glacier in Alaska, but I would say Alaska in general mm-hmm. would be just, I, I don't know of a pilot that doesn't have it on their bucket list that they want to fly their plane to Alaska and be able to fly up around the glaciers, the mountains, the wilderness. Uh, you know, you see, you watch ice pilots, you see flying wild Alaska, all yeah. of these types of things. And it just makes you want to go there and, and see it for yourself. So I'm true. sure that the the TV just doesn't do it justice. Well, it doesn't. You know, I, I didn't fly an airplane to a glacier. I flew a helicopter. I, I don't know if they let you fly, you know, land your GA aircraft on a glacier, but I guess they could. I don't know. They, they guess, do. A lot yeah. of them will go out there, ski-equipped airplanes, and they'll land. True, uh, yeah, know, okay. Same otters and things like that, uh, 180s. But it was a spectacular ride. It was my first time in a helicopter. We landed on a glacier. I'll never forget it. It was uh, magical. And you just felt like you're on another planet. But very cool thing. And I would have to agree. So I think he did work his way up because that has to be probably the best kind of trip you could take. Helicopter or GA aircraft, just take your pick. It doesn't matter. Just go do it. And on that uh, positive note, we'll wrap it up for this week. Till next time, remember, there is no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. 
Listen up, everybody. Hi, some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 